0: Hello and welcome to The Family Planning Files, a podcast developed by the National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning. I'm your host, Katherine Acheson. In our podcast today, part of our ongoing series, Coding with Anne, we'll be discussing ICD-10 codes contraceptive management. Our speaker, Anne Finn, is a healthcare reimbursement consultant and national trainer with many reproductive healthcare organizations and heads her own company, Anne Finn Consulting, LLC. Welcome back to the podcast, Anne. Welcome to my new listeners, and welcome back if you have listened to other podcasts in
1: our Coding with Anne series. We're excited to offer these focused coding sessions to provide you with some tips and guidance to ensure that you are able to effectively capture and code your services, resulting in both appropriate and timely reimbursement. Today's podcast will focus on applying ICD-10 diagnosis codes to common contraceptive visits. ICD-10 stands for International Classification of Diseases, 10th Revision, which was implemented in the US back in 2015. ICD-10 diagnosis codes are used to describe the why services were provided, defining diseases, signs and symptoms, abnormal findings, complaints, social circumstances, and external causes of injury or disease. Although reimbursement is typically based on procedure codes, Diagnosis codes must also be included on a claim to establish medical necessity and ensure accurate reimbursement. Under ICD 10, we select Z30 codes for contraceptive management, which we'll go over in detail next. What's important to remember is each method of birth control has its own unique codes for if it's an initial prescription or if a surveillance or refill visit. Another common code we'll talk more about is the Z30.09 general family planning advice that we often use for general family planning and birth control method counseling there are a few unspecified z30 codes but these should be rarely used in family planning settings since there are already so many method specific codes to pick from let's meet our patient abby who is sexually active and is seeking a new method of birth control she is not sure what method of contraception she would like to use So she and the medical provider discuss the variety of birth control methods available, their effectiveness, and the potential side effects. After discussing these options, she decides she would like an IUD. Abby is given a urine pregnancy test, which is negative. The provider is then able to successfully insert the IUD. So what ICD-10 codes would you use to describe the visit? First, we would select Z30.09, General Family Planning Advice, to support the contraceptive options counseling that Abby received. This is an important code if we are billing for the contraceptive counseling, separate and distinct from the insertion procedure codes for IUDs and implants. Each service needs to be clearly supported for billing. If you are billing for the same day counseling and a LARP insertion, but only use the ICD code for such as Z30.430 for an IUD insertion or Z30.017 for the next on insertion, a payer may question if the payment for the counseling was appropriate when they review the payments down the road. We would also need a code to support the urine pregnancy test so that we can bill and get paid for our point of care laboratory tests performed during this visit. There are three codes for pregnancy test results. Z32.02 for a negative result, Z32.01 for a positive result, and Z32.00 for an unknown result, which should not be commonly coded. In this case, we would select the Z32.02 for a negative result. We also need to capture the CPT code 81025 for the pregnancy test to ensure that we are reimbursed correctly. What about the IUD insertion? We would select Z30.430 encounter for IUD insertion to support the insertion procedure code 58300 being performed as well as the LARC device we want to separately code and bill for. Other common ICD-10 codes related to the IUD include Z30.431, that's an encounter for routine checking of the IUD or a surveillance visit. We have Z30.432 for the IUD removal. Z30.433 for the exchange or removal and a reinsertion of a new IUD. There's also Z30.014, encounter for the initial prescription of an IUD, which is used if you are prescribing the IUD, but not actually inserting the device during this visit. An example of this might be when a clinician and a patient decide on an IUD, but the device needs to be ordered through a pharmacy benefit and will be inserted at a later visit. There's a coding exclusion noted in ICD-10 to not use this code on the same encounter as the IUD insertion code, Z30.430. One note about IUDs as EC to avoid reimbursement issues is I recommend checking with your payers ahead of time to confirm if they would require both the Z30.430 for the IUD insertion and the Z30.012 for the EC, or if you can just include the one code for EC.
0: Thanks for that, Anne, that was very thorough. But what if there was an issue with the IUDs, such as a broken arm or missing string? Good
1: question. Sometimes there are issues, and there are codes to help capture and describe these issues. You could choose a code from the family of codes under T83.3 for mechanical complications of IUDs. An example would be T83.32XA. Sounds like a long code for an initial encounter of a displacement of the IUD or a missing IUD string. Remember, most of the LARC manufacturers have processes in place to receive a replacement device if there is an issue with one, versus having to bill an insurance for the unused device or eat the cost. So, if Abby is here for her GYN well visit and also has an implant or an exponent insertion, what code would we use for the GYN exam portion? We have two codes to choose from, which also holds true for other general exam codes, such as a well child or a routine adult visit codes. So we have Z01.411, encounter for the GYN exam with abnormal findings, or Z01.419 for a GYN exam without
0: abnormal findings. So can you explain what's considered an abnormal finding in this context and How do clinicians choose between using one of those two codes? Yes, Catherine, this
1: can be confusing. The exam code is dependent on what is known at the time of the encounter. Chronic conditions should not be considered abnormal findings unless a change in their status has occurred. If there are abnormal findings during the exam, such as a breast lump that is further evaluated, you would code with abnormal findings and any additional codes needed to describe the finding. If there are no abnormal findings at the exam, but subsequent test results show an issue, report without abnormal findings. And the subsequent visits, when we would follow up on the problems, those will include the codes for the condition. So if we have a test going out for gonorrhea or chlamydia and it comes back positive later, then that would be an issue at the next visit. Let's talk about the implant or the next one on visit. If the client was having an implant procedure during the visit, we would need to capture the procedure code 11981, implant insertion. 11982, implant removal, or 11983, implant removal and reinsertion or exchange, along with the supporting ICD-10 code. Z30.017, for the insertion, or Z30.46, which covers the routine checking or surveillance, the removal, and also the exchange of an implant device. It's important to recognize there are differences in ICD codes for IUDs and for implant insertions, removals, and reinsertions and surveillance checks. IUDs have specific codes for each procedure where implants have only those two ICD codes, one for the insertion and one for the removals, reinsertion, and surveillance checks. Keeps us all on our toes.
0: What if after counseling, Abby decides she would like a different method such as oral contraceptive pills?
1: Remember, each birth control method has unique ICD codes that correspond. So we would choose Z30011, encounter for initial prescription of oral contraceptive pills, and then Z30.41 for pill surveillance and refill visits. Other related codes to the pill would include Z79.3, long term current use of hormonal contraceptives, or T838.4 family of codes related to poisoning by, adverse effect of, and underdosing of oral contraceptives. An example here would be if Abby was prescribed birth control pills and a week later she comes in complaining of severe abdominal pain, the provider determines that she's having an adverse effect to the prescribed pills. For this situation, we would use the code T38.4X5A adverse effect to oral contraceptives, initial encounter, along with the code describing the abdominal pain. If the clinician is prescribing an injectable contraceptives, such as DMPA or Depo-Provera, you would code Z30.013, encounter for the initial prescription, and Z30.42, encounter for surveillance or refill visit. It's also important to capture the J1050 the HCPCS supply code and the units dispensed and the injection CPT code, the 96372 to ensure that you are paid in addition to the medical visit for the injection and the drug.
0: And what about contraceptive vaginal rings? I heard there were some changes made
1: recently. You are correct, Catherine. There was a change in the HCPCS code that is used to capture the rings that are dispensed to the client but the ICD codes did not change. We would use Z30.015 if it was an initial prescription of a ring or Z30.44 for the surveillance check or refill visit. But there are now two new supply codes for vaginal rings that went into effect October 1st, 2021. So we have J7294 for the yearly Anavera ring that's new, and J7295 for the monthly rings like Nuva rings. Be sure you are no longer coding and billing for rings with that expired supply code J7303, or you'll most likely lose out on the reimbursement. Hormonal patches also have unique ICD codes, Z30.016 for the initial prescription and Z30.45 for a refill. Other barrier methods such as a diaphragm or condoms would be coded using Z30.018 or Z30.49 for surveillance. Emergency contraceptive visits, including both oral EC and the copper IUD would be coded using Z30.012, the prescription for emergency contraception. Perhaps Abby was seeking counseling and instruction on natural family planning to avoid pregnancy. In this case, we would pick the specific code for the natural family planning method, Z30.02. And finally, if Abby presented for a tubal or sterilization, we would code the appropriate surgical procedure code along with Z30.2 and counter for sterilization. I know I've just rattled off a lot of codes to remember, but keep in mind what I mentioned at the start. There are specific codes for each method and whether or not you are prescribing a new method or you're providing a refill. We've also provided a helpful pocket reference coding card for contraceptives on our website for you to download as well. So let's wrap up. ICD codes explain why the services were provided and support medical necessity. Be specific in both your chart documentation and your code selection for each contraceptive method and services provided. Use different codes for initiating the method and refills or surveillance visits. Avoid unspecified codes when possible. Contraceptive management codes all start with Z30. Ensure your EHR and all your systems are up to date with the latest ICD codes, along with the correct pick supply codes and units for the contraception dispense so you don't lose out on the reimbursement that's due to you. And chart and remittance reviews, follow-up training, and feedback are all essential steps to protecting coding compliance and revenue in your practice thanks for joining us today
0: and thank you so much for joining us today Anne, and for sharing your time and expertise for more content including previous podcast episodes search for the family planning files or subscribe to our show on itunes google podcasts spotify stitcher or wherever you listen to podcasts for transcript of this podcast and the aforementioned pocket card please visit our website at www.ctcfp.org. While you are there, you can sign up for other events and continuing education opportunities, including our annual conference, as well as our online newsletter, Clinical Connections. You can also follow the National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning on Twitter at nctcfp, all lowercase, and now on LinkedIn. The National Clinical Training Center for Family Planning is funded by the Office of Population Affairs to provide continuing education, training, and technical assistance to Title X grantees, subrecipients, and service sites. This activity is supported by DHHS grant number one, FPTPA 006031-01-00. Contents of this podcast solely represent the views of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official positions of Department of Health and Human Services, DHHS, Office of the Assistant Secretary of Health, OASH, or the Office of Population Affairs, OPA. No official support or endorsement by DHHS, OASH, and or OPA for opinions or products described in this activity is intended or should be inferred. Theme music written by Dan Jones and performed by Dan Jones and the Squids. Other production support, provided by the Collaborative to Advance Health Services at the University of Missouri-Kansas City School of Nursing and Health Studies. And finally, thank you to our listeners for tuning in today. We hope that you'll join us next time for another episode of the Family Planning Files.